industry-leading, difference-making, tomorrow-shaping, world-changing. These are a few of the adjectives people use to describe the technologies and companies Deloitte works with day in and day out. Join us, and soon those very same adjectives could describe your career too. Explore technology careers at Deloitte.com slash techcareers and make an impact on business, technology, and society while engineering your future. At Deloitte. Hello, this is Hey Dude Shoes. This is an ad, but not for your ears, for your feet. Are they listening? Good. Hey Dude Shoes are the squishiest, airiest, lightest go-to shoes you'll ever have the pleasure of introducing your toes to. So light, a butterfly could steal them. So soft, kittens seethe with jealousy. So cushy, your hands will curse your feet for all the love and attention. Toes, you've hit the jackpot of comfy. Hey Dude, good to go to. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. Win Bet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in game offs on every major sport, Win Bet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Huddle Up Pod on Mile High Huddle, sponsored by or powered by Blue Wire uh, Pods. I don't have all that stuff straight yet, uh, Chad. I apologize when you listen to this later. However, I do know I think I'm Scott Kennedy, and uh, that guy over there is Zach Kelberman. And Zach, welcome in. I know there's been some news. It's not quite of the Russell Wilson variety, but there's been at least one signing and possibly rumors of another at right tackle what's the latest well first of all good to see you again scott i appreciate you holding it down for chad who's on vacation uh, for another podcast i appreciate everyone tuning in tonight hope you had a great monday great monday evening so far yeah the broncos have signed former uh rams and giant safety jr reed to a one-year contract he's pretty much a special teams depth guy nothing major there uh he has some familiarity with ajiro evero from los angeles it's just uh, it's just one of those moves you make in the offseason. Nothing too fancy about it. Uh, Brandon Sheldo is the second guy. Both stories are up right now on MileHuddle.com if you want to read about them. Uh, the former Seahawks right tackle visited or will visit with the Broncos, according to ESPN's Jeremy Fowler. Obviously, he started the last couple years in Seattle working next to Russell Wilson. There'd be a lot of uh, chemistry there. They need a right tackle. I just find it interesting, Scott, because I wrote another story today. I've been busy on the keyboard Mm -hmm. that George Payton, he pretty much intimated they're good with Calvin Anderson. They're good with Tom Compton, both of whom they signed to one-year contracts. And he hinted that they're going to wait till the draft where they have a crap load more capital to spend. Then he goes out a couple days later and visits with Brandon Shell. After supposedly not making an offer for Lyle Collins, it's so hard to trace and track and plot George Payton's moves, but it seems like there might be one more addition to that room. I don't know that Brandon Shell is an upgrade on what they had last year in Bobby Massey. I don't know that Brandon Shell is an upgrade on Calvin Anderson, but the more the merrier, and hopefully the sum of their parts, three middling right tackles can equal one you know, average right tackle. Now, Zach, you've heard me say a zillion times, you know, you, especially with someone who's in the business of making deals, do not try and glean anything from what they say publicly. Because you know what? When you said that, when you said that, you know what I just heard? I'm negotiating with another right tackle. I want to make sure that I've, I'm negotiating from a position of strength. We don't need you. We'd like you, but we don't need you. That's what I heard. I don't know what he said, but that's what I heard. Um, and And again, I see Shell seems to be a a run blocker. You know, it seems to be where he that's where he is better at run blocking. He started a bunch of games. So that's that's nice. At least, you know, you're bringing in some experience. He started 61 games over the last six years, uh, including 10 last year. Um, so if you were to bring him in, you're, you're getting some experience there. 
uh, a solid player. Again, you don't have to have all-stars, pro bowlers at every position. You said it last night, and I'll just go ahead and repeat it. And that goes for J.R. Reed as well. Because uh, I want to say hello to some folks in the chat real quick that have come in and waiting patiently. Because there was one comment, I think it was Mile High Mike, that I came in uh, nice and early. He says, does this mean that Kareem Jackson isn't coming back? This, the signing of J.R. Reed, a special teamer who's gotten some snaps, who's played 15 career games or so, doesn't mean that Kareem Jackson isn't coming back. This doesn't mean Kareem Jackson is coming back. But that doesn't mean Kareem Jackson is coming back. I think they're completely unrelated. So Kareem Jackson might come back. He may not come back, but I don't think it has anything to do with, with this signing. You're not making that decision based on, on J.R. Reed. And Dylan, good evening. Appreciate everything you do for us, for sure. And Beto, hello there. Good to see you as well. Uh, I know I saw the Duchess in here. So let me go. There we go. J.R. Reed. Michaela Parker is in here talking about J.R. Reed. So good evening to you, Michaela. And then Sam Bam coming in uh, with our first super. Thank you, Sam. Nice and orange. You know, I like that Broncos orange. We should be able to customize this. You know, you you, you start, you, as you move up, it should get closer to the Broncos cover, cut, uh, colors. And Sam says, good evening, Zach and Scott. Uh, good evening, Broncos country. What's this report about Browning moving uh, to edge rusher? Thoughts? The Broncos already had that position covered. Go Broncos. Well, first of all, this might be the, the J.R. Reed's most famous podcast ever getting his name dropped so many times. And I agree with you, Scott. It doesn't preclude the Broncos from going after Kareem Jackson, maybe bringing him back. J.R. is a special teams death insurance guy, and Kareem could possibly be a, a starter on early down. So if they want to bring him back, they can still bring him back. In terms of Baron Browning, this is what Mike Kliss put out there uh, after they signed Alex Singleton, who officially signed his deal today, had his press conference in Denver. He is the new new inside linebacker next to Josie Jewell. And by that, I mean Baron Browning is moving to outside linebacker. And he vacillated in college. I get that. He played inside. He played outside. But it smacks. And then, Scott, you might not get the reference you know, in regards to the Broncos of Demarcus Walker. 2017 second-round pick out of FSU. Played really, really well defensive end. They moved him to outside linebacker. Was an abject failure. And all it did was stun his growth permanently as an NFL prospect. I would prefer the Broncos keep Baron Browning at inside. He he seems to be a more dynamic player for a 3-4 defense. But uh, uh, apparently they're trying to recreate what Dallas did with Micah Parsons last year. Moving him around and getting a playmaker. If it works out, great. But if it doesn't, you're going to have a lot of people questioning why you took a young up-and-coming player like Browning and moved him to an unnatural position and not let him grow in that single spot. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I did watch uh, Barron play some edge, play some outside linebacker at the Senior Bowl. And I saw him damn near kill the Michigan fullback slash tight end on, on a rush on that. So I'm like, okay, I like it. Uh, physically speaking, he's he's similar to Jonathan Cooper. You know, we talk about Jonathan Cooper being a seventh-round guy. There were several reasons that he, he fell down. On the, but I don't – at least based on memory, which isn't what it was uh, – I feel like they're similar size. Like Jonathan Cooper is a little bit undersized for an edge. Uh, but again, if you've got that speed and quickness, find a way to get your best players on the field. You know, if, if it means Patrick Sertan, I need to move him inside to accommodate a different corner because one fell in our laps and we love him. And now we play him outside. Okay. Find a way to get your best guys on the field. Um, this could also be a call of sorts to Bradley Chubb. You know, to Randy Gregory, don't sit on your laurels. You know, you guys are making all the money. I'm going to put this kid on your butts. And and he's going to be out there pushing you guys every single day. Um, so, you know, find a way to get your best players. A little bit of insurance policy there. Uh, but good comment, Sam. Appreciate you. Nash coming in with a, with a super. Thank you, Nash. Says, good evening, Broncos country. With Peyton restructuring contracts, do you think the Broncos are going to make another big splash or just add some roster depth? I want to make one point about Baron Browning. You mentioned getting your best players on the field. I mean, is Alex Singleton a better player than Baron Browning? Is Josie Jewell a better player than Baron Browning? I'm not sure about either. To me, Baron Browning should be locked into a starting spot. Instead, they bring in a guy who's a two-down run stuffer in Singleton, and they're going to maybe recreate what they had last year with Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson, guys that are great on first and second down but struggle on third down. You finally get that dynamic three-down inside linebacker in Browning, and you're going to move him to outside. 
I'm not too sure about that, but we'll have to see how it plays out. In terms of what the Broncos want to do, they did clear $12.5 million by restructuring Cortland and Tim Patrick. But we mentioned this yesterday. You need a rainy day fund. You need mon- money and funds to put aside for the draft class, the UDFA class, and just to have in your kitty. You can't exhaust all of your financial uh, revenue or income. So with that being said, they still have, if they want, enough to make one more major signing in this wave of free agency. And who that signing could be, I don't know. Stephon Gilmore is still out there. There's some names. Bobby Wagner is still out there. Maybe that's why Baron Browning is moving outside. Maybe George Payton has something oh, up his sleeve. Now you got the tinfoil hat going. Now I like your thinking. It's so comfortable on me, Scott. I can't <laughs> not wear it. It's, it's really a, a natural fit. But I, I don't foresee any major blockbusters. I see maybe Bryce Callahan coming back under one-year deal. Um, Kareem Jackson coming back potentially. Don't uh, hold your breath, though, for another Russell Wilson you know, uh, bombshell. Yeah, I think you're probably done with your $20 million a year, guys. Um, and adding, adding roster depth, you don't really need to clear cap space to, to get depth. Uh, as far as, you know, you can you can pick guys off the scrap heap. It helps you can pay them a little bit more. But again, you know, the, the in-season moves, you don't have to have $15 million, $20 million available cap space in order to bring a Kenny Young off the practice squad or, or you know, a Jonas Griffith off the practice squad. Um, or bring in a, a guy that they're trying to clear some cap space like uh, you know, the Rams did. So so we will see. Uh, Kathy, hello there. Albert, good evening. And going back to the K-Jack uh, discussion, Joshua Shadow says, are K-Jack, uh, you know, Kareem Jackson's days are numbered? Question mark. Um, he's not a Bronco. So I say they're, <laughs> he, he ran they're, they're not only numbered, they're right now, they're on life support. Yeah. He, his future is very dim, I think, as a starter for any team, let alone the Broncos. And he, if he comes back, it would be, I think, as a situational contributor, more of a veteran mentor for Caden Stearns and Jamar Johnson. I, those are the future uh, at the position. Those are the long-term fixtures, one of them at least, opposite mm-hmm. Simmons. So mm-hmm. if KJAC comes back, it's on a one-year deal, heavily incentivized, low guarantees, just as a um, – I don't know, a spark plug. Cheerleader? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, as a, as a locker room long. guy, you know, as a glue yeah, guy. Yeah, exactly. Um, glue guy. You know, coach, a coach in the, in, the, in, the, in the room, another guy like that. Because I, I do, I like, we talked about this a lot last night. And it, it hurts that he's such a liability because I really love watching him play. Um, and hopefully, you know, if he were to come back, he would be a veteran presence and basically a coach in the, in the room, another coach in the room. Um, Doug coming in. He says, Hey guys, been out. We'll send stars next week. Doug, Doug, good, Doug. thank you for all the support. Yeah. You know, don't sweat it, dude. We, we love you. Appreciate everything. Uh, James says, uh, good evening, Zach and Scott. Well, good evening. Good evening. And Dave coming in, Dave Millage coming in with the thank Canadian you, super. So thank you for the out of country super, even though we're connected and kind of feels like we're brothers anyway. Says evening mile high huddle, Chad, Zach and Scott are the best. Let's have a great week. P.S. R.I.P. John, the professor, Clayton. Absolutely. You know, we didn't mention that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, that hasn't been mentioned on this show. I know because I think I've been on all of them. So, Dave, thank you for bringing that because that was – it's been so busy, I kind of forgot about it. And I now I feel even worse for that. So, thank you because what a great human being. Yeah. Um, I He's one of the few guys I, I haven't met that are, you know, in that level, but – it's like I know I'm one degree away from him, and everybody raves, raved about John Clayton. So that was that made me sad to uh, to to hear. So thanks for thanks for the the reminder, Dave. You know I I know we we have a little bit of an age gap, Scott, but I remember staying home from school sick and watching John Clayton report on ESPN. He's just an NFL or he was unfortunately NFL media icon and uh, it's so sad he he died at such a young age what was he 61 years old 64 yeah. it's a it young man low 60s it's not it, it, either way it was too soon i mean soon. and i agree i mean his you know his his sports center this is sports center ads yeah, i was going to mention have been the undoing of espn when they fell in love with themselves too much but those, they great. were really good that one might have been the best if you're one of the few people that haven't seen it just Type into Google John Clayton Sports Center after the podcast. Know that this, you know, you a peek behind the scenes. He's just this nerdy dude, the professor again, who comes up with all this great information and and 
And then the ad was so awesome. It, it just really was. So, Mom, I'm done with my TV hit. <laughs> it's just, it's <laughs> so the, wedding crashers. Mom, with where's the, the meatloaf? With the Slayer shirt on. I just, yeah, just perfect. Absolutely. And he'd never seen the ponytail before then. I don't right. think that, you know, it was just, just awesome. So Dave, again, thank you so much for that. Uh, Steve coming in with some stars. Thank you, Steve. You got anything that's on your mind? Let us know. Um, and I'm going to hit this one just because I, I see my name to it. It says, uh, oh, Ryan to the oh, Colts. Yeah. yeah, Ryan to the Colts. <laughs> How do you feel about that, Scott? Uh, I'm happy for Matt Ryan. I really am. Um, the Atlanta Falcons roster is a dumpster fire. Um, and they're pouring gasoline on it to just burn it all down. If Matt Ryan had been there, he would have taken an awful beating, and I was afraid of what he'd look like when he was and he's my age, just you know, in ten years or so. Um, and he was not going to be around long enough to see that roster come back, especially with the cap hit that he has. It would hinder their ability to build a roster around them. So, eat forty million dollars in dead cap hit, sign your sacrificial lamb in Marcus Mariota, and let him get the hell beat out of him for a year. And come out in 2023 with CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, $150 million in, in, in salary cap room. And let's go to work. And, and by God, I'm going to be cheering my butt off for Matt Ryan in a Colts uniform. See, that's the problem when you flirt with an upgraded quarterback. You better make sure you land that guy or else it becomes really awkward with your incumbent. And once Matt Ryan found out that they were pushing for Deshaun Watson and it seemed like Watson was going to go to Atlanta and never happened, uh, Matt Ryan got the hell out of Dodge. The Colts are an interesting landing spot, but I, I feel like what Terry Fontenot has done with the roster has been a little questionable. And I only say that because Fontenot was up for the Broncos GM job that went to George Payton. I mean, he took a tight end, a top five pick. He unloaded Julio Jones. Uh, you, you saddled the team with a $41 million dead money hit with Matt Ryan's contract. Would have been $50 million. They're in trouble, I think. I think the R word is appropriate, rebuild in Atlanta. Yeah, and, and this this got it done. You know, this I didn't think they had the stomach to do it. I really didn't. And what this does is it gives them a land. I mean, they're 2-15 and 15 might be the ceiling next year. I mean, I'm not exaggerating. I don't think they were seven and two in one score games last year, and they were terrible. You know, go look. You can go to Atlanta Falcons reference, and it gives you the rankings for offense, defense, turnovers, everything. They got worse across the board last year, except in one key category wins. They had a good quarterback. The coaching was an upgrade. They got a Pro Bowl kicker. Cordell Patterson was a huge surprise, and Kyle Pitts hit. After that, dumpster fire, and it's gotten worse. Roster's gotten worse. I actually kind of like the landing spot, though, for Mariota. He's reuniting with Arthur Smith, his former OC with the Titans. I mean, dual threat quarterback. Nick, I don't know. Can't be your quarterback in 2022. It doesn't matter. This roster is so bad. They have 60. Wait, it's actually they got they cleared for seven. They have 41 carry the one plus 15 divided by two. 56 million dollars in dead cap money to Julio Jones and Matt Ryan. Mm -hmm. Ouch. If I lost $56 million, they'd throw me, they'd, they'd lock me up and throw away the key. That's what Thomas Dimitrov did on a Saturday one day. Good Lord. But now the Colts, Scott, are the new Broncos. Year to year going for Band-Aid quarterbacks, maybe over-the-hill or wash quarterbacks. It's so nice to be off that ride. It must suck to be on the quarterback carousel. I know. So let's move on. That's my, if you, if you want to see me with a good rant, which is why I've been, hitting the uh, the halls because I've talked my voice to death today. Um, go to my channel, youtube.com slash C slash Scott Kennedy, and there's 45 minutes of me saying what a dumpster fire the Atlanta Falcons are. So if you're into schadenfreude a little bit, you'll enjoy me ragging on them. Uh, Shane Daniels coming with some stars. Appreciate it. He says, hey, Zach and Scott, Albright is saying the Broncos are looking at corner. Who do you think they may target, and how do you think the Broncos have done so far at this free agency? I give him, a, uh, honestly, you land Russell Wilson. That's an A for itself. And also Randy Gregory, DJ Jones. I, I like a lot of the moves they're making. So I'm going to say A-. minus If they can land another right tackle, if they can get a cornerback, I think it's a definite A. In terms of the cornerback, they can go after uh, Kwan Williams from San Francisco. I don't know if he resigned yet or not, but that could be a slot guy if they want to move on from Bryce Callahan. But Callahan's a guy they're openly negotiating with, they want to bring back. 
I happen to think based on the way that George Payton's talking, it's going to be two corners even before the draft. So Bryce Callahan and insert player here, whether it's Dante Jackson or Stephon Gilmore, I think you're going to see the Broncos come away with two corners to combat what's going on in the AFC West. And Zach, I think you consciously or subconsciously did what I do as well, which is I combine the trade and free agency is into just off-season moves. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> separate from the draft. So while Russell Wilson was not a free agent to me, it's it's all kind of the same thing. It counts. So you, know, you come away with um with Russell Wilson, a six million dollar cap hit on Randy Gregory. Right. Are you freaking kidding me? Um, a high motor diesel engine, uh, a, a defensive line and DJ Jones. I'm I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty happy with what they've done so far. You filled your biggest need. You you guys have heard me say the, the term bullied a lot about the team last year. Fixed. You know, this team's going to go out there trying to look to smash some people in the mouth. Um, it's been great. <laughs> I mean, uh, as Chad put it, uh, like uh, the, when one of these questions came up last week, he said you, you opened with a finale is maybe one of the problems. You know, if you were yeah. like, okay, we got Randy Gregory. Yay. Okay, and then we finish on the last day before you have to have your roster set and say, oh, yeah, by the way, we just added Russell Wilson. You're going absolutely yeah. berserk. That happened two weeks ago, and now it's kind of like, oh, yeah, Russ, you know, Chad and I, or uh, Zach and I talked about this yesterday. It feels like Russell Wilson's been a Bronco for years already. It's been two weeks. It's been two weeks. And let's not forget that George Payton loves to build the team uh, through the draft, and he still has draft capital to work with even after acquiring Russell Wilson. You have a second left. You have two third-round picks. You have day three picks. Uh, so I'm so, are already so happy with what George Payton has done, and the roster will get even better over the next six weeks. It's just a, it's a good time in Broncos country. So um, Leaf all comes in. Uh, Leaf comes in also, and he says, Scott, your skin looks a little blue. Just must, must just be the Ryan trade. You know, blue's the color, my man. I wore red just because I'm like, you know, I got Atlanta United. It felt like a good time to have on an Atlanta United. I'm like, Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman hurts. I'm happy. I'm I'm happy for both of them. I really am. Freddie Freeman's the one that hurts the Atlanta sports fans. Uh, I think it was more of a slap in the face. And then I'll be done with this unless it comes back up. Um, it was just a third rounder, Zach. Yeah. I mean, I know it was a bad contract, uh, and they're desperate to move him, and they're doing him a favor by sending him to a contender. I know all that, but it's a third rounder, and it wasn't even their higher third rounder. It was their their lower one. They've got a higher third rounder in the 70s, and they got their 80s. I mean, they gave him away. But to be fair, I have also said I would trade Matt Ryan for a sack of chips if it meant getting $50 million in, in, in salary money back, um, which will happen next year. But blue's a color, my man. Chelsea, go blues. Travis coming in with some stars. Thank you, Travis. So the Eden fellas, I heard they are moving Baron Browning to edge. Not sure why exactly. And we hit on this at the very beginning. I know he played there in college. Uh, he seemed to be a bit better on the inside. And, and Zach, you just want to real quick, uh, rapid fire, you know, your your two Twitter level thoughts on this. <laughs> I mean, maybe there's another move coming at inside linebacker. Uh, Bobby Wagner, cough, cough. I think that would be great uh, to reunite him with Russell Wilson. Still on the open market, inexplicably, uh, Wagner is. Or um, they are truly high on the combination of Alex Singleton, a run stuffer, and Josie Jewell, a run stuffer, who they gave a two-year contract to. We'll have to see how it shakes out. It's too early to tell, but not a fan. Got to say. Well, and, you know, Nick is adamant that y'all are going to be playing a lot of dime, you know? Yeah. So linebackers, linebackers, you, you may not play with many of them anyway. So let's find a way to make sure that we get Baron Browning on the field. Um, and Steve coming in with some stars. And I meant to say, Hey, Gary, hello, Gary. Appreciate the, the support, my friend. And Steve coming back in saying, Should we bring Kareem Jackson back? And we, we touched on that a little bit. Um, I like for what he brings with the intangibles. Like I said, I never doubted. We heard heart, passion as far as like lack thereof a lot last year. I never doubted him, never doubted Kareem Jackson's love of wanting to go out there and throw his head in. And play as if every down with his every down was his last. Hopefully, on a fifty-three man roster, it's tough. Uh, you can find a guy like that, but if you can't, I understand. But I, I do like what he brings uh, from intangibles. 
Yeah, I think this is one guy we differ on. I just mm-hmm. as a as a, a liability in pass coverage, a guy who's over the hill, and you have two up and coming younger players, and definitely one in Caden Stearns. I'm always a fan of getting the young guys the reps and going younger and, and developing players with upside. There's not much upside left with Kareem Jackson as a locker room guy. Uh, great as a glue guy, as you put it, Scott. Great. I'd love to have him back on a one year deal, but as a starter playing all three downs, I think that ship has passed. So. Uh, Andrew coming in with some stars. This feels like a new name to me, Zach. Andrew Swanston. Welcome. New name. Welcome to the show. And thank you for the support. Appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you being here today. Um, go down just a little bit and see if uh, I feel like there was uh, Travis comes in about five minutes ago to 37, but I felt like we had another super that I hadn't seen yet. Well, if I can just take a second, Scott, because Bearded Bronco has been trolling me on Twitter as well. Zach, you need to stop making predictions in free agency. You've yet to get one right. Apparently, you don't watch the podcast, Bearded Bronco, because I was among the few, I mean, the, the real few talking about Randy Gregory being a possibility at pass rusher for the Broncos and not Von Miller and not Chandler Jones and not Hassan Reddick and not Jadevian Clowney. Because I have experience covering the Cowboys, I saw what kind of player Randy Gregory is, and I say keep an eye on him. He screams off the edge. He's a type of player that Evero wants to bring to this defense and kind of mold the defense around. So I'll score that one uh, as correct in my book. But yeah, after that, who's keeping track? I never heard the name DJ Jones before. You know, there's yeah. there's not a whole lot of guys uh, swinging and hitting on a lot of these. But yeah, um, Zach did say. Chandler Jones, I think if, uh, let me, let me, you can back me up on this. You know, you lie, I'll swear to it. I feel like you said, uh, Chandler Jones was your number one pick for, for this spot. And then, but keep an eye out for Randy Gregory. Yeah. He's the, Chandler's the guy I wanted. And Chandler's the guy that everyone in the Broncos media orbit was, uh, parroting as the number one priority for George Payton. Didn't work out. I think he was out of the Broncos price point. And I just said, keep an eye on Randy Gregory. No one's talking about him. Everyone is always talking about his baggage and his troubles. That's behind him. He's a good, good football player, and the Broncos got a good, good football player. Travis Weber says, uh, good evening, Zach and Scott in Broncos country. John Clayton was an icon in the sports reporter world. My dad was 58 when he passed. He is a reason I am a Broncos fan. Um, Sorry for your loss, Travis. Uh, Moving on, he says, how do you feel about the tackle from Seattle? Wasn't their line worse than ours last season? Uh, The line is more than just a collection of its parts. You know, as one guy... Let me put it this way. Chris Lindstrom for the Atlanta Falcons is damn good at right guard. Their offensive line was god-awful. That doesn't mean that Chris Lindstrom was bad. Um, he was good. It's just it's a unit, and you're pretty much only as, uh, only as good as your weakest link on offense because one guy can blow his assignment and 10 guys doing their jobs just end their play. Zach, I don't know if you've heard me tell this before. When I first started covering football, I asked a two-way player in high school. He's playing both sides. So what do you like better? He says, I like defense. Nobody says defense. I said, why do you like defense? He says, because on defense, I control the play. I can end it. And I was like, you know, that makes sense. You can have 10 guys fall on their butts on defense, but if I go and make the tackle, sack the quarterback, we win. Uh, it's exactly the opposite on offense. You can have 10 guys do their jobs and one guy blow it and, and your play's dead. Um, that's why every single rule over the last 50 years has gone to benefit the offense because it's hard to play offense. Um, so how do you feel about the tackle from Seattle? I know Zach, you hit on this at the top of the show. Just, you know, quick, quick couple of thoughts on Brandon shell. Uh, Travis, I, uh, sympathize because my dad was 68 when he passed. So it's, uh, it's tough going through that, but, um, Brandon shell, you, you hit on something really important, Scott, you mentioned his run blocking being better, better than his pass blocking. And this is now, if they sign him, the third lineman they have brought in that specializes in run blocking. And so they, again, they, they did the same on defense too, Zach. There was a pattern emerging. The trenches were not owned by Denver last year. And I think the trenches will be owned by the Broncos this coming season. Uh, but it's, it means great things for Javante Williams, not just Russell Wilson. Um, if they bring aboard Shell, they also brought in Eric Tomlinson, a blocking tight end. So if you have Javante Williams on your dynasty team, do not get rid of him. Shell, I mentioned this earlier, based on what I've seen out of him, he was a former Jets tackle, played a couple years in Seattle. He's not the worst, but he's far from the best. He ranked 51 according to PFF out of like, I think it was like 78 or 80 players. So maybe average or a little below average. I think he's comparable to Bobby Massey, but the Broncos can still do better. And if they do sign him and they have Calvin Anderson, they have Tom Compton, to me, it shouldn't preclude them from bringing in a high-priced rookie as well. 
They need that blue chipper there. I understand you can't have a star at every spot, but I just don't want the fate of Russell freaking Wilson being left in the hands of Brandon Shell or Calvin Anderson or Tom Compton. Maybe I'm crazy. Yeah, I've said that. I think I said this morning that uh, the other two guys, um, Calvin Anderson and Tom Compton. Yeah. Sorry, Tom Compton. Those feel like three and four to me. You're still looking for two, um, you know, for for your starters at, at tackle. Uh, Kevin G comes in. He says, kind of off topic, and I like this question. Gives me a chance to talk nuts and bolts a little bit. But why does the NFL hate smaller edge rushers? Guys like Elvis Doomerville was 5'11", and he was a beast. Uh, I'm, I love the phrase that Chad uses on here, that he's the exception that proves the rule. I think of it a little like boxing. You know, yeah, you can have a guy like Mike Tyson, but typically that reach advantage is a big reach. So it's not necessarily that he's short. It's that usually your arms are shorter if you are short. And if I'm using a rip move or a swim move or anything like that, or trying to keep the other guy's hands off me when I'm shorter, it becomes, it's tougher to do when he can reach me first. So it's it's more about reach than it is about height. It's just usually reach is a production of height. They kind of go hand in hand. Good question though, Kevin. Yeah, and you know, I think the uh, <laughs> what Doomerville hates is fax machines, but that's neither here nor there. Smaller means you do less. And I think for NFL teams, they want, if they're going to pay these guys millions of dollars, they want these guys to be Swiss Army knives if they can. So if you have a smaller edge rusher, he's really limited to just rushing off the edge. He doesn't really help in run defense. He probably won't play special teams. I mean, speed's one component, but you want a guy that can play all three downs. That's why I think these smaller edge guys are being kind of faded out in the new yeah, NFL. I'm sorry, I was interrupting. Um, I apologize for that, too. And then I wasn't very clear when I was interrupting, so that's two strikes. Uh, you're more limited to being speed rusher, where you're basically, if you can't use your hands because his hands are there first, you're limited to just being a speed rusher. I can't use my hands to control the guy, dispatch, like I said, rip, swim, or whatever, set the edge because whoever wins that battle with the hands and, and gets that leverage first is typically going to win. And um, that becomes really hard to do if the offensive tackle can get his hands on you first. That's why they measure arm length. That's one of the big things they do when we're talking about, you know, and, and with tackles, you know, can I just give a guy a shove as he's trying to speed rush me around the edge? And if all I have is one weapon in my arsenal as an edge rusher, I'm in trouble. I, I, I am. I'm in trouble. Chase Wilner says, good mock this morning, Scott. Well, thank you. Um, my, my curiosity's peak now. Let's see the mock, Scott. Oh, I have to look it up. What did we do? Um... Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Give me the first Josh Pascal player. Uh, was the first pick. I'll, if you if if you start talking for a little bit, I'll I'll bring it up. <laughs> I mean, I, I want to see your mock. Uh, I'm really <laughs> interested in seeing that. So I'm glad Chase brought it up. Real quick, while you pull that up, I saw a comment from Michael Ronk. Uh, Ron- wow, you're giving me a brain freeze right now, Michael Ronk. Ron- God, what's wrong with me tonight? Anyway, Michael says, I love you. I like your shirts at Coaching, Coaching, Coaching. Guys, if you want the shirt, any other merchandise, real quick plug, huddleuppod.com. Get yours right now. I'm so sorry for doing that to you, Michael. You know I have mad love for you. Um, but, yeah, 
Get your shirt right there if you want it. So uh, our mock <laughs> this morning uh, was uh, 64, was Edge out of Kentucky, Josh Pascal or Pascal. Number 75, a cornerback out of UTSA, Tariq Woolen. Uh, that he of the six foot three, six foot four, four two six corner um at UTSA, you know, miss on a guy that's six four running four three. If you're gonna miss at 96, we took a wide receiver um because he was not gonna be there at 96. We actually got a question. Why would you he's not gonna be there and why would you take him? I'm like, well, you just answered your own question because he's too good for the 96 spot. We're not gonna pass him up in this mock. Christian Watson is a beast, he's six foot four. Uh, 11 foot three uh, standing broad jump, like a 40 inch vertical running in the four threes. I know it was a super fast track, but even if you round that up to four or five at six foot four, love Christian Watson. Love him. Um, number 115, I got this pick too. Uh, I took Matt Willetsko at 115. He is a six foot eight skinny. Zach, how stupid does this sound? And I'm not saying we're stupid, just how stupid does it sound? He is 315 pounds when we were knocking him for being too thin. Doesn't make what? sense. Make it make sense. <laughs> it, it is. He's, he's thin. He's a lean 315. But that just sounds insane. 315 pounds. He's a little light in the britches. What? <laughs> well, um, you had me sold on tackle, athlete. Scott. I love him. I really do. And then uh, uh, Nick took the 116 and took Cam Jurgens, uh, center prospect from Nebraska. I love it. Prioritizing defensive backfield, prioritizing offensive line. I would not be opposed to that at all. We got Dennis Woods, $2 super. Thank you so much, Dennis, for joining us as always. Scott, he wants to know, is Wagner asking for too much money or just fading into obscurity? I think he's trying to get the most money he can. This is probably his last bite at the apple, so to speak. He's still a very, very productive player, set career highs. I heard Dallas is making a big push for him. He's probably trying to squeeze money out of Jerry Jones. I, I haven't heard the Broncos being interested, and I feel like after bringing back Josie Jewell, tendering Jonas Griffith, and bringing in Al Alex Singleton, they're pretty set at inside linebacker until next year. Yeah, month. it feels like none of those guys are on enough contract to prohibit you from saying, okay, thanks, but we're waiving you anyway. Um, it, it was, you know, thank you for having a cup of coffee, and we didn't even get your name on the locker. Um, but, uh, you know, this, is he asking for too much money? He has every right to ask for yeah. as much as he possibly can. He's in no hurry. He's, he's not in any rush. If he misses OTAs or training camp as an old guy, even coming in late, the, the, the other players would understand they're like, you know, you get OG days, he could sign in August and be just fine. So yeah. he's not in any hurry to go out and say, okay, I got to have a job. You know, what right. are my, what are my five best offers? And I'll pick that one. No, he could have five offers right now and say, I don't like any of those. I'm going to wait a little bit. I'm not in any rush. So he is going to look for a good deal and he might fade, but he also has the ability to pick who he wants to. He, he can go play on a, on a smaller contract. I mentioned this about Melvin Gordon last night, Zach, you know, he could, he could say, I want to go play with the bills. You know, I want to go play with the Colts. I want to go play with whoever that's a contender. If I don't get that big money deal. Yeah, I don't think Bobby Wagner's rushing to uh, join OTAs. If he has to sit out and through the spring, through the summer, and there still sign with a contending team, so be it. <laughs> we got DA Dub hopping in, 1999 Super. Thank you so much. We definitely appreciate it, as always. What's up, fellas? What is up with Kenny Young? This is a good question I want to talk about. I would have wanted him back over Jewel. Thoughts on that? And what slot cornerback would you want with the cap space we have? I want Bryce Callahan back when he's healthy again. He's a pro ball, all pro talent. You have to pray he stays healthy, but he would come super cheap. Uh, he knows this, the system. He knows the players around him. So that's the guy. Kenny Young. This is one guy I wanted to talk about when uh, we got a question. What former players could the Broncos bring back? We mentioned Bryce. We mentioned Kareem Jackson. But Kenny Young, they brought back jo Josie Jewell. They didn't bring back Alexander Johnson. Kenny Young arguably had the best season of any Broncos inside linebacker last year. At least he ended the season healthy. He was dynamic. He, he starts. <laughs> I mean, it's setting the bar super low, but that's what it is. He's a sideline to sideline guy, full of energy, full of life. And he knows a Giro Evero coming over from the Rams. I, I don't might not be a benefit, Zach. That, that has to be why he's not coming back. There, there has to be a, a obvious disconnect there. Maybe Evero said to Nathaniel Hackett and George Payton, you know, he's not the guy I want. I want Josie Jewell. I want Alex Singleton. And I want Jonas Griffith. I think that's what's going on with him, honestly. Yeah, it, it might not be. A, he, was, he left there. He didn't have all the nicest things to say about why he left. Came to Denver and, you know, his first press conference was 
not all that positive. So, you know, an attitude adjustment, a little humbling on it could be could be good for him. And he wasn't so good that you're like, oh, yeah, we're willing to put up with that. Yeah. Um, you know, so based on what we he said, some things that you just don't say in a press conference. And he, he I don't know that he's good enough uh, to be able to do that. Broncos guy 86 is what do you think of the move with Browning to OLB? Um, that's sta- that's kind of a loaded question because it's stated like a fact. I'm not convinced it's going to happen until I see it happen. Uh, I think it's good to make him get some get him some reps there and have some cross training and versatility. But as far as I'm concerned, until I see him moved, it's just it's chatter right now. It's these are considerations. These are things we can think of. What do I think about the possibility of a move of Branding to outside linebacker to edge? I think it's interesting. I think it gives you a little bit better depth there. And if you're going to start with Josie Jewell and um, you mentioned the new signing Singleton really good in run stuffing, then you find another way to help get Browning on the field. I just think it's kind of stupid to pick up Chubb's $14 million option and then pay Randy Gregory $70 million and then move Baron Browning to outside linebacker. When you have Jonathan Cooper, when you have Malik Reed, just leave him at inside. I'm with Scott, though, in the, in the sense that, you know, experiment with him in OTAs and minicamp, maybe training camp, see what he can do. Maybe he can be a dynamic weapon a la Micah Parsons, but I prefer to let one player grow into one spot. I just have bad nightmares about Demarcus Walker still to this day. I lead a really sad life, and I don't want that to happen to Baron Browning. He, he looked really, really good as a rookie, and they haven't had that dynamism. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly What's for the first for time. For the for any and he brings that to the table. I'm a big fan of Baron Browning. I hope he uh, stays at ILB, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm speaking of big fans, we're big fans of Tina Fairchild. Tina, thank you for the thank stars. Uh, says good evening, gentlemen. Do you have much of an opinion on the punter from San Diego State? He has a strong leg, and I feel we need to improve there. Uh, as much of an opinion as I could have on any punter, which isn't isn't much. <laughs> I've heard of him. That's I, I don't remember his <laughs> name. It's like Ariza or Ariza or something something close, but. Arima, I don't know. We I'm not trying this, this again. Yesterday. We butchered this yesterday, yeah. too. The fact that I can even come close means this guy must be pretty good because I don't care about punters. <laughs> I just, yeah. I don't. Um, when I went out and played football as a soccer player, you know, I was, went out to play wide receiver that made me kick. I'm like, can I come play defensive back then? And they're like, yeah, okay. You're not going to play much. I'm like, that's okay. I just want to practice. Punters and kickers are really not part of the damn team. So uh, I don't have a huge opinion on him. If he's available as a seventh, and you want to get an upgrade, I think he would be an upgrade. And you're a little expensive with your specialist right now anyway. Um, about $2.5 million, I think, last year on your on your punter. That a nice cost-controlled seventh-round guy might be, might be pretty nice to have. And thanks for the stars, Tina. I mean, when we're talking about starting Calvin Anderson at right tackle or uh, a Sang Bassey at slot corner, I'm not talking about spending draft picks on a punter. If he's there as an undrafted free agent, which I don't think he will be, that's great. I maybe take a flyer, but I'm cool with Sam Martin as well. Two and a half million, even for a punter, I'm willing to sweat that. You got to address the other needs. Uh, punter to me comes like dead last. Uh, Leaf coming in here real quick, saying uh, I'm enjoying the dynamic. Uh, hope Scott and Zach becomes uh, becomes regular. You know, it Stay could. Tuned. It could. Uh, but he's talking about the the salary cap uh, managing and massaging and how it ends up being a, a flexible number. So the the long story short is the numbers that you see in the in the uh in the press. Let's take Von Miller's for example of what was it six years, 120 million dollars. There's two numbers you need to know length of years and guaranteed money. That's it. The rest is nonsense. The rest is how you end up with a manageable cap. His guaranteed money was basically 53 million and all that was paid into a th- it's crossed six years but his guaranteed money ends up turning into a three-year 53 million dollar contract now how do guys get around like this i explain it kind of this way if i give zach a 10-year a 10-year contract with no salary i know this is impossible it's just easier math with no salary but i give him a hundred million dollar signing bonus today that counts 10 million dollars on the salary cap for the next 10 years If I cut him after five years, I incur a $50 million dead cap number that year. So I cannot use $50 million if I have the $200 million total cap. Now I only have $150 to spend because I already paid Zach $50 million extra dollars and I have to account for that somehow. But basically, they'll take, I owe Zach, I was paying him $10 million a year for 10 years in base salary. 
He had three years left on his contract, so I owed him $30 million on his original contract. I could give him a $30 million signing bonus now and then sign him to a 10-year contract worth $31 million. And now his salary cap number is 3.1 per season. So I took him from $10 million a year to $3.1 a year by spreading that stuff out. The problem is, eventually all that comes due. The Bills are going to have a cap hit on Bond's number when those three years run out. So hopefully that wasn't too confusing um, or too, you know, your eyes didn't glaze over too much. I actually enjoy the topic, but that doesn't mean that I didn't just bore half of you to death. I was actually zoning out because I was thinking of how I'm going to spend my hypothetical millions <laughs> you were talking about. It sounded really good, man. You know, 30 million, I'm cool with that. Uh, but if anyone doesn't believe that the salary cap is a, you know, people say it's not a myth or whatever, it's not fake, but look what the Chiefs did a couple of years ago. But most recently, look what the Saints did. They were like $100 million over or 90 or 80 or whatever, and they made so much cap space, they were right in there to trade for Deshaun Watson. If you want to make a deal happen, if you want to move money around, you can do it. Real cash is the actual uh, necessity, not the, the salary cap. Yeah, yeah, and and that's when we talked about when does ownership matter? Because when I need to take Russell Wilson's the fifty million dollars that he's owed on a contract and turn it into a signing bonus so I can extend him six years, I need fifty million dollars in cash from my owner. So whoever's got that kind of money um, is is has an advantage when they can do stuff like that for sure. I'm also um, cool with this. How he came in with some stars <laughs> well, on exactly the one year fully guaranteed. I'm cool with the franchise tag, baby. Franchise tag me, tradition tag me. You know, that's not enough. Or we have to go like all <laughs> pod them, uh, Broncos pod them for some reason. But Howie coming in with some stars. Thank you so much, Thank Howie. You. Howie freaking day. You know, I just like saying that name. Him and uh, Flazify. I like saying Flazify too. One of our, our newer contributors. So what's up, y'all? Even throwing a y'all out there just for me. AFC West is smoke. Expecting to see a shootout in the West. Bestie wins. And this one's interesting for me, Zach, because people are like, you know, how's anybody going to come out of the West when they're going to beat each other up? Well, so what? You go three and three, there's 11 more games. You know, you, you go three and three and you go eight and eight and three in your other games because you're that much better than everybody else. 11 and six will get you in the playoffs. So there's not enough divisional games. It's not like baseball where you're playing 70% of your games in division. You're playing a third of them in division. So it's not that big a deal to me as far as how good is this division. It's a little bit less of an advantage, say, the Tennessee Titans. But then come playoff time, Tennessee Titans don't know how to play because they haven't played anybody. They're going to get their butts kicked again. Um, you're going to be, you know, iron the iron sharpens iron type of thing. The games are going to be so much more fun. So looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to some of these uh, division division games for sure. It's best D and best coaching, 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 baby. And I have no qualms about Nathaniel Hackett being better than Josh McDaniels. We all know how bad McDaniels is. And I don't think uh, he'll have a problem vanquishing Brandon Staley. It's going to come down to Nathaniel Hackett versus Andy Reid. And until he dethrones the Chiefs, I mean, you got to give Kansas City its due. And I think the Broncos will go toe-to-toe. They're going to end the streak this year. I, they can play for the division as far as I'm concerned. Having Russell Wilson and having those weapons, it, it comes down to defense for sure. comes down to offense of sh for sure. But what the Broncos lacked in these matchups last five years now is coaching. Hopefully Nathaniel Hackett fills that void, and I think he will. So I have a 14-minute gap in my chat it's a little odd. Um, so I'm missing uh, 47 until 02. Um, so let me look on the backside. I want to make sure we're not missing any supers. The the one that I know I'm missing was Travis Weber saying, you know, off topic question. Did I see the, the article about Chipper's disapproval of Freddie leaving for LA? I saw the headline, um, you know, and Chipper was a lifelong brave, took a little bit less money to stay. So I did see the headline. We got this uh, one too. One again, so any anywhere in that neighborhood, Zach, between yeah. uh, forty-five and and O uh, two, I don't have. There's a gap for me, including probably this one. Yeah, John Clay eventing hopping in nine ninety nine super. Thank you so much, John. Hope you're having a great evening. He says, "Evening, gents. I hope that the Broncos draft either linebacker Chad Mims or linebacker Troy Anderson. Both would be incredible. Anderson is a Luke Keekley like player. Thoughts? What do you think, Scott? Uh, am I thinking he means Chad Muma? Yeah. Uh Chad Muma, the uh the linebacker from Wyoming, 6'3, 240 pounds, 46340, 428 shuttle with a 706 and a 40 inch vertical at 240 pounds. 
you know, yeah, John, that's what I figured, John Clay. We we got you. Um, I, I I always said that uh, you know, if I couldn't either beat you up or outrun you, we were gonna be really good friends. And and Ch- Chad Muma could jump over me too. Not only could he run me down and kick my butt, he could just jump over me. And it's crazy that level of athleticism. That said, I actually like Troy Anderson a little better. Um, I, I when I watched them both doing the same things at the same time at the senior bowl. Troy Anderson, who also put up crazy numbers at the combine. Let me read his off for you. 6'3 243 pounds, 442 in the 40, 36 inch vert, and a 10'8 standing broad jump. Uh, and then just pure football player. Uh, Nick told me he's one of Nick's favorite players too, that I think he was a, a running back and all conference player of the year as a running back as a freshman, and then all conference defensive player of the year as a linebacker. Dude, that's a guy at one of my teams. So uh, I like them both, and uh, I don't know that Troy Anderson is going to be around in a spot where you're going to want to take him. That's a really good answer, which I agree with. We got a, a newer name, I believe, Scott, Dustin Hitchu. So if, you, if it's, that's a newer name, we, uh, we appreciate you hopping in here, Dustin. Welcome to the manger. Uh, he asks, restructure Garrett Bowles equals more cap space. What do we think? I mean, you're, you have enough wiggle room right now. If you take a hammer to Bowles' deal, what are you accomplishing? I mean, what are you setting aside for? If they plan to go after Bobby Wagner and Stefan Gilmore, then fine. But I don't think that's what George Payton wants to do. They've already restructured two players. I would let that sleeping dog lie in Garrett Bowles and get by on what you have. I wouldn't go there just yet. All right, here's the, the part of the restructuring that we didn't really talk about and how you can get away with it. Not only does it take cash, but it also takes guys you want to hold on to at pretty similar prices. Uh, you can lower the cap hit a little bit, but when you're talking about Garrett Bowles, you're talking about, let me see here, he's got one, two, three years left on his deal already, and his cap hits are 21, 18, and 20, so he's a $20 million a year guy. Uh, with a dead cap this year of 29, next year it's eight. So you, in, in this case, you start asking yourself the Graham Glasgow question. Take less money or I'm going to cut you. Um, I don't know. I don't think Garrett Bowles right now is a $20 million offensive tackle. Yeah. If he doesn't play his way into the contract, you don't restructure those guys. You wait until their dead cap number is manageable and you move them. And you move on from them. And that's how you recoup 75, 80% of that money, or in the case of Glasgow, you give them a pay cut if they want to, you know, I mean, that's the conversation that was had. Graham Glasgow was a $16 million guard. It made him top three. Do you feel like you got top three money for him? No, there was no way he was playing this year on that contract. He knew it. <laughs> he, he knew it. So he resigned. He, he said, okay, I'll, I'll take a new deal. I'll take the pay cut because if you cut me, this is a deal I'm going to get on the open market anyway, and I'd rather stay here. And good for him. Good for him. So do you restructure bulls when you owe him about $50, $50 million right now? How bad do you want to keep him? That becomes a question. Yeah. Do I want to do I want to turn some of that money? Do I want to turn in some of that money into a $50 million signing bonus and move him out five years? No, I don't. I don't. I think they're taking a wait-and-see approach in 2022 with Garrett Bowles. They have a new system. They have a new line coach. And Bowles is coming off, I would say, mostly a good year. But he had some of the old Garrett Bowles moments. And like you mentioned, Scott, if you restructure him now, you're taking away that out in his contract for next year. So they're going to take just a a one-year-at-a-time approach. I want to get to – it's Dolph because he was one of my favorite rappers. He got, you know, tragically gunned down a few months ago. It's – I really hate that that it happened. Uh, R.I.P. Young Dolph. But – we're not it's talking Dolph. about the same Dolph. Young Dolph. I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. Dolph to me means Dolph Lundgren. You know, uh, no. I will break you. No, uh, definitely definitely two different people. It's Dolph. But this Dolph's asking about Billy Turner. And my answer to that, Scott, has been there, done that. He's To me, he's more of a natural guard. There's a reason why the Broncos let him get away. They need a tackle, a pure tackle. Uh, miss me on Billy Turner. Andrew Baker coming with some stars. Says he loves the Zach and Scott show. We love you too, Appreciate Andrew. Because you... You flatter us. I'm a sucker for flattery. I'm insecure. You flatter me. I'm like, oh, thank you. You think I'm pretty. So thank you, Andrew. I I, I certainly appreciate it. And Patrick saying what we all think here, Patrick McCracken, Russell F. and Wilson. Freaking Wilson. Yeah, I like it. I like it, Patrick. 
Appreciate At least your skin's no longer blue, Scott. It's red from being flattered so much. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually <laughs> changed the background to like sandstone because my monitor, I've got a, I overcompensate. I've got like a 30 inch monitor here and it was flooding everything blue. So, um, and these bright lights, you know, they shine my forehead. We, we, we know. It looks like Peyton Manning. I know. I know. So, I'm just I'm just scrolling through the comments here. Yeah. Uh, if you guys, we're gonna wind down in about ten minutes. If you, got, you guys have any last minute questions, supers, comments, complaints, get them in there now, and we'll try to address them. So this is I think this may have been an age question here uh, for you, Zach. One of those age checks. Yeah. Um, Jasmine is probably closer to your age. U.S. Dave is probably closer <laughs> to my age. <laughs> <laughs> Two different um, buckets on this podcast. Yeah, but that's uh, that's that's okay. I, Dolph. I was like, wait a minute, what happened to Dolph? What happened to Dolph Lundgren? What He's alive and well. The rapper is uh, not so much. Uh, Michael Ronquillo, I got it, kind of. I don't know why I can't say it tonight. Awesome show tonight, Zach and Scott on the Mile High Huddle. Let's ride, go Broncos. I love that slogan now for Denver, man. I just love it. Let's ride. It's just perfect for... Let George cook, not let Russ cook. Let George cook. Yeah. I like that one. T-shirt coming him. soon. Let, let him cook. Now, kind of the... Go back to where we started, just kind of wrapping up if you happen to be joining us, because usually the viewers kind of keep going right up and then you feel bad for pulling the plug. You're like, we've got the most people watching. We had the whole show. Now we're leaving. Um, we talked about J.R. Reed, uh, the new safety coming in. Zach, quick thoughts on him before we get going. Depth guy. He's a warm body. Uh, I mean, obviously they have Caden Stearns. They have uh, Jamar Johnson. They even tendered and brought back P.J. Locke. To me, J.R. Reed is someone they have familiarity with. Uh, from Evero and, and their time in uh, with the Rams together, special teams, backup, 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 nothing major there. Yeah. And uh, the right tackle that we teased in the, in the heading was Brandon shell from the, the, how, how exactly have the uh, Denver Broncos been linked to him? Is this a, a strong link? Do you think, is it a fairly strong possibility or is this just uh, paper talk? Well, it's, you know, Jeremy Fowler, I think, is one of the better reporters in the business. And he said Monday the Broncos are visiting with uh, Brandon Shell. And if all goes well, they'll probably end up signing him. But Fowler also noted that Seattle wants Shell back and they're uh, trying to negotiate a new contract with him. So the Broncos have some competition. And I'm going to drop the article I wrote in the comments section. Anyone who wants to read it, uh, I'm going to put it in there for you. It's on the website right now. Thank you for that. And I'm going to hit a question that I like real yes, quick sir. from Clifton, kind of getting into my wheelhouse here. Uh, so Tyler Smith, Abraham Lucas, or Darian Kennard at pick 64. For me, this is easy. If he's there at 64, Abraham Lucas is my guy. Um, uh, again, you guys are going to say, oh, you're going to talk about Spencer Brown again. Yeah, I, I am. Um, I'm not quite on the Spencer Brown level of hype I am with Abraham Lucas, but I really like him. I don't think he's getting talked about. Of course, I don't listen to what everybody else says either. So I don't know what other people are saying about him. I am talking about him as I think he should be in the discussion of knocking on the door of the first round. I love his base strength. His it's just uh, we've shown the the clips on here before, but you know he gets rocked back, which usually means somebody has to take two steps back in order to regain themselves, which means you're stepping on your quarterback. And he just holds his base, and his core strength is strong enough that he he's able to to mold it. He's six foot six, three hundred and thirty pounds with a four nine two forty with that type of athleticism and core strength. Yeah, I'm a fan. So I liked Abraham Lucas the best out of those three at the Senior Bowl and coming out of the Senior Bowl and uh, coming out of the Combine. I feel the same way. I think he's a definite possibility if he's on the board for being the Broncos pick at, 50, at 64. And I think, as I mentioned yesterday, you did a good job uh, summarizing him, Scott. But I think he's a good fit for the scheme. And with what Nathaniel Hackett and Butch Berry want to do in Denver. So uh, if, if Lucas is the pick, I'd be more than happy with that. I'd be actually elated because they're addressing their biggest need at right tackle and they're doing so with a blue chip prospect. But that's if he's still available. Yeah, I think I think it'll be tough. Uh, we've mentioned the fact that you've got a couple extra picks. And if you like him or someone like him, someone like him, and you start getting a little antsy, starting a little happy feet. Find somebody you want to send them a six rounder to move up five spots and just make sure you nab him. Um, I would love Abraham Lucas at right tackle for the Denver Broncos with that pick. I would go A plus, 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 plus. Be a great pick. We got another newer name, I believe. Kaymana Swan Merritt. 
I'm assuming I nailed that, but if I didn't, I definitely apologize. We appreciate you hopping in, and if you're a new uh, viewer to the program, welcome. They want to know, should we also keep Melvin Gordon or look elsewhere like the draft? Real quick, my answer to that is no. Y'all know how I feel about Melvin Gordon. You don't need him. You have Javante. He's the truth. He's the future. You have Mike Boone. He's a very capable backup. If you use him, you know, commensurate to his contract, Scott, you always like to point that out. And you can add a, a third guy in the draft. There are a dime a dozen in this day and age. I'm not spending money on Melvin Gordon. Yeah, it, it depends on uh, do I want Mike Boone or not? Do I want my, if I don't think Mike Boone can be in my number two, then I'd like to have Melvin Gordon come in and be the, the, the backup of uh, the splitting carries. And again, to me, it's not, I, they were, it was a pretty close to a 50, 50, <laughs> a 50, 50 split last year in touches between Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. That, that slider needs to go total touches off to the running backs needs to go to about 65 to 70 this year. I don't care who's coming in after him, uh, but the pay should then be commensurate with the workload. And, you know, last year, a second round pick, he obviously wasn't going to be paid as much. He hasn't earned that second contract yet, but the pay was not commensurate. You know, the third highest paid running back on the roster was Javante Williams, uh, at least on the active roster with Boone being two and Melvin Gordon being number one. I, I don't want to see that happen again. So if Melvin Gordon wants to come back for a song, great. It's going to be, uh, you know, but it'll be three million, three and a half. And a non-guaranteed. If I don't like it, we'll get rid of them. Yeah, it depends on the song. If I don't like the tune, I'm not listening. But Leroy, uh, you know, the Cowboys are stupid, Leroy, but they're not that stupid. There's a reason they got rid of Lyle Collins. That's because they want to start Terrence Steele. So they're not going to give him up. The Broncos have to look elsewhere. But I like the thinking, though. Stay aggressive and stay uh, looking for an upgrade because it's far and away for me. Talk about edge. Talk about slot corner, this and that. It's far and away the Broncos' biggest need heading into the draft. So... James Cook gets a lot of discussion on here, and he's not quite the athletic freak that we think he is as far as – but that to me isn't necessarily as important. Let me – I'm trying to spit out here. I think James Cook might be a punt return candidate. He's got that body type also. Uh, I wanted to look up and see if he had done any return work at Georgia in his career there while I'm stumbling and bumbling around my keyboard here. Um but James Cook is a fourth, fifth round guy. I think I don't think he's going to go much higher than that. Um, good burst, so people think he's faster than he really is. But it's quick, not necessarily straight line fast, which is more important, frankly, in the game of football. Um, <clears throat> and uh, he could be, could be an option uh, as a return guy. I mean, he had seventy career receptions, so we know he's got decent hands. Kick and punt returns. Here we go. He did some kick returning, only five his first two years. No punt returns in his career. I'd like to give him a shot. If I had him on my team, I'd put him back there and see what he's got. Cause he's again, he's uh 5'11, 190. That's cornerback size. And guess who usually returns kicks? Slot receivers and cornerbacks in the in the NFL. And how much would Cook make in his rookie season? Like a million bucks? Three hundred thousand? If yeah, if that. So <laughs> I'd rather pay him that than pay Whatever Melvin Gordon. Is. Three or four million bucks. So I'm right there with you, Michael. Go for running back in the draft. You have Javante, you'd have Mike Boone, then you have a player like Cook. That's a pretty solid threesome, <laughs> in my opinion. Jeremy, let Cook cook. Let them all cook. If everybody's cooking, there's too many cooks in the kitchen. We need uh we need one. And speaking of which, on that note, I'm watching the counter at 59.59, one hour on the nose. Time to go. Zach, it's probably about time we get going. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, Scott, for uh, stepping in. Had a lot of fun with you again on this podcast. Thank you all for tuning in with us on this Monday, March 21st evening in Broncos country. We're off tomorrow, back on Wednesday evening, same time, same place. Until then, though, guys, follow us on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. You can follow the main account on Twitter for all your Broncos news, analysis, rumors, transactions, and up-to-the-minute information at Mile I Huddle. Follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL if you want a coaching shirt like I'm wearing or a shirt. Oh, wait, he's not wearing one like Scott's wearing or any other merchandise. Go to huddleuppod.com and get yourself some right now. And facebook.com slash Pod. Like that page. Follow that page. Guys, if you haven't, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football pre-safe five-star review for a chance to win some swag each and every month. But if you can't do those things, please do these three things. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Yeah, and Jeremy says, rest the voice. Until tomorrow morning, we'll be back for Broncos for breakfast with Nick. 
and Nick has to duck out early, so I have to carry the last 15 or 30 minutes. Uh, so I'm going to need your help. Please come in. Uh, 7.30 Mountain Time, 9.30 Eastern, 6.30 Pacific. That's too much math. Uh, we actually get a lot of international viewers on that show, which is kind of fun, proving that Broncos country is not a geographic location, but a state of being. So love it. Uh, we will see y'all uh, tomorrow morning on Broncos for Breakfast. If not, have a good evening. We're back on Wednesday night again, guys. Again, same time, same place. As always, take care and go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 